Out in the middle of nowhere, there seems to be no one around to hear you scream. Welcome back to the swamp, my friends, and welcome if you're new. Today I'm going to be sharing some creepy, and allegedly true, middle of nowhere horror stories. If you have a story that you would like to share in a future episode, be sure to submit it at swampdweller.net or the email you can find in the description down below. I'm always looking for new stories to share. Now, without further ado, sit back, relax, be sure to hit that like button and subscribe if you haven't, and get ready for these allegedly true, middle of nowhere horror stories that'll freak you out tonight. Hi Swamp Dweller, I am a white witch who has dealt with the paranormal since birth. I grew up in a haunted house and have been immersed in that world my entire life. However, this Halloween, just gone by, I was lucky enough to witness something new. It had been a fun night out with one of my coven sisters and her partner. We were driving home with an epic electrical storm happening all around us. They don't have a car now, so I was driving them. This meant driving them home for 18 kilometers and then driving back out to rejoin the motorway and continue on my own way. We live in an extremely old and magical valley in New South Wales. I had to drive through 18 kilometers of bushland in the middle of nowhere on a little traveled road to get home and then drive back out. I dropped off my friends and made a joke about the haunted bushland and continued back out to the road. I drove carefully reading the energy signatures along the road as I didn't want to hit any of the wildlife that was out and about. I saw bandicoots and bush rats, pretty standard for a lonely country road at that time of night. It was fairly late. The sky continued to put on its light show, and I was nearly back into the small township you passed by before rejoining the motorway, when I sensed something huge was up ahead. I could also feel it was moving quite fast. At first, I thought it was maybe... Somebody's horse or an errant cow. But as I came to the outskirts, my headlights illuminated the coolest but weirdest thing I had ever seen. Rushing right at my car was this large and hairy creature. It was grinning with sheer delight and moving super fast. I slowed my car down, not wanting to hit this huge, hunched, and hairy creature that was out enjoying the storm and obviously having the time of its life. Before I could completely stop, it ran right at me, still grinning for all it was worth. I braced for impact, but nothing happened. It seemingly tucked up and disappeared underneath my car. And that was it. My mouth hanging wide open, I pulled the car over and looked back. Lightning flashed, trees whipped in the wind, but nothing else moved. I was once again alone on the road in the middle of nowhere. I pulled back onto the road and continued home, trying to process what I had seen. Was it a werewolf? It certainly closely resembled one. I told my friends and they also confirmed seeing a similar creature running out on the quieter local roads in the area. Our area is known for a lot of paranormal activity, especially with the local native Australian communities and history of our area is very rich. After more discussion with other coven members, we concluded that it was probably a waragal, a native Australian shapeshifter. Waragals can assume any form but favor a large form of our native dingoes, which can walk upright on the hind legs. I have driven on that road multiple times since, and I have never seen anything as interesting or as creepy.
I am a Hispanic female, Mexican to be exact, and this happened on my family's ranch just last night. My family consists of my parents, me and my little brother. My other brother is at basic training right now for the Air Force, so for now, it's just us. I wanted to sit down and get this all out while I can. I live in New Mexico, the southeastern part right on the Texas state line. We're pretty much in the middle of nowhere, like literally 10 minutes east and you're in Texas. Anyways, I live 15 miles outside of my hometown and 8 miles over from the town over. My family has a cattle ranch and I live just off the highway, so people coming on our ranch are usually people we know. I think I live in the safest place anyone could possibly live with little to no worry about something or someone wanting to cause me and my family harm. Well, last night proved me wrong. Let me briefly explain the layout of my place. We have the main entrance with the ranch name and cattle guard. Then, to the right, a few hundred feet over, is the gate we use for the cattle when they're being moved. But once you come onto our land, we have a giant silver barn and attached to it is an overstay house where workers would go and stay overnight during harvesting seasons. Then, it's my house a little bit away further, about a two to three minute walk. Anyways, my mom's cousin from Mexico is renting the overstay house from my parents while he works here in the US for privacy reasons. His name will be Antonio for the story. So last night, around 8 p.m., it was thunderstorming pretty bad. Antonio heard a knock at the door. Come in, he said, assuming it was either my mom or dad. But no. In walked a dirty-looking white man about 5'9", with a goatee that was obviously tweaking and talking really fast, which obviously freaked Antonio out, seeing he doesn't speak English. So, Antonio calls my dad and told him, Hey, there's some guy here in my apartment, and I don't know what he wants or how to get him out. Right away, my dad drives to the apartment with his gun and demanded to know what business the man had on our land. They told me to, like, come here and talk to you. Who sent you to come talk to me? It was a talking dog. He wanted me to warn y'all that the world is going to end and your dogs are talking to me too. Referring to my two dogs, Sheba and Sombra, who were barking and growling at him like crazy. Look, friend, I think it's best you get off my property. Yeah, yeah, I should leave. He then proceeds to hop the cattle guard gate, and my dad calls the sheriff department and explained what was happening. And if this man didn't get off our property, my dad was going to make sure he doesn't leave breathing. After this phone call, my dad and Antonio are just looking at the man on the other side of the gate. He was flailing his arms around like a tweaker does and talking at the top of his lungs. Then he did the most ungodly thing. He started screaming, demonically, then proceeded to run down the highway. Once the police came, they told my dad they had gotten calls about him and apparently he lived close by to our ranching community. Great. We have a crackhead neighbor. My dad just told them he better not come to our land again, because my dad said he doesn't know him, he's not welcome, and he doesn't know his intentions, and he's not scared to shoot him if he has to. The sheriffs then left and everyone got ready for bed. Then, early this morning, sometime around 3am, Antonio called my dad again, panicked because the man was knocking on the apartment door, and he was holding a gun. My dad got up quickly and told my mom to call the police. And when my dad got to the apartment, the man was going through Antonio's truck. And once he saw my dad, he booked it once again. My dad was raging. He told the police if he went further than the apartment and got anywhere near our home or went through our vehicles again, he was going to shoot the man where he was standing. And that was a warning to them now. We don't have a security system, 
We just locked the front and back door, and we've never felt the need to lock our vehicles until that day. We do, however, have security cameras now, one facing the main entrance and our vehicles, one right by the front door, and one facing the area where our cattle are and our two horses. Unfortunately, my dogs are all bark and no bite. Sheba is about seven years old and is a lab mix, and Sombra is almost two, and she's a red healer. The dogs are mostly on our porch watching the cattle and barking at whoever comes through the main gate entrance. But now, I think my old school Mexican parents are going to have to finally invest in a real security system, instead of thinking a locked door and the porch light will scare away anybody. So this story is going to be partly from my perspective as well as my brother's perspective. And it's going to be a long one. This is a true story that happened last night while I was at my grandmother's house. So, before this all took place, I went to get McDonald's in the nearest city to us, which is probably 20 minutes or more. After that, I decided to go down to my grandparents' house instead of going straight home. For context, she lives down a long farm road to which you also must turn off down about a half mile to get to this dirt driveway that goes to her house. I arrived there at around 9pm, and when I went in and visited my grandmother, and my brother who lives with her, ever since my grandpa passed away so that she won't have to live on her own, my brother and I took out my grandmother's dog to pee at around 10.30pm, and we just sat outside listening to music and talked for a bit. At that point, I was starting to get cold because this is East Texas, and I'm not yet used to it getting down into the low 40s at night, so I was ready to go inside. I noticed something moving in the corner of my eye, near the large metal shop that sits a few hundred yards away from the house, though. I didn't really think too much of it at first. I didn't even take notice, because it's not uncommon for deer or raccoons to come snooping around in the yard. And plus, my grandma's dog wasn't barking, so I thought that it might have just been my eyes playing tricks on me. We finally headed back inside, and my grandma went to sleep at around 11pm, so me and my brother stayed up playing among us and watched YouTube for a while. At around 2.30 a.m., I was very tired and ready to go home, so I asked my brother to walk with me to the door and make sure that I get out to my car because I am always very paranoid, especially at night. He joked around and said that he would turn the light off on me and lock the door, and I freaked out and begged him to walk with me to the car, to which he finally humored me. I got in my car and immediately locked the doors, and I saw the porch lights turn off as I was driving down the dirt road. I got home within 10 minutes and fixed myself some ice cream before I sat down and enjoyed some creepy horror stories on YouTube. Another 15 or so minutes passed, and I get a FaceTime call from my brother, to which I picked up almost immediately. I could tell he was really freaked out about something, but he wasn't really saying anything right away. So I asked him what was wrong. The following is going to be my best attempt to paraphrase what my brother told me that night. He said that after I left, he went back outside to listen to some music and sit on the porch. He had the music on his phone up loud, which would usually mask any noises of animals coming from the nearby woods. After a few minutes of listening to music, he said that he heard what he thought to be the sound of metal banging around. So he quickly paused the music and listened to see if he could hear the sound again. He stood up and looked towards the shop and the boat shed, which are adjacent to each other and are a few hundred yards away from where he was standing. He saw a faint light shining around near the boat shed, but then it quickly flicked off. 
At this point, he was freaking out, so he quietly crept back inside the house and locked the door behind him. He said that he ran to the room in the back of the house where he was staying, I guess not thinking to wake up our grandmother, and grabbed his revolver. He quickly ran back outside and saw the glow of the flashlight move around and then quickly shut off as soon as he noticed it. He walked out to the edge of the concrete carport and stared out towards the boat shed with his revolver down at his side. The only thing illuminating the boat shed was the faint light coming from the house. He said that he tried to muster up the most intimidating voice he could and managed to say, Who the hell is out there? To which there was no immediate reply except for a slight bumping sound which solidified the fact that someone was indeed there. Now keep in mind, this is in the middle of the country, in a town with a population of barely a thousand, and the nearest house is across the lake miles down the road. So, no well-meaning person would just happen to stumble across my grandmother's house this late at night. Also, my grandmother really does have problems with people snooping around the property in the past, so this is not something any of us take lightly. And for the life of me, I can't tell you why my brother just didn't call the police, but you also must remember that there is literally no cop in our entire town. It's 3am, and so it would take at least 30 minutes for the cops to even show up from a different city. So anyway, my brother again called out for the person to show themselves, and repeated this question, and asked the person to identify themselves. He said that he practically craps his pants as a tall, lanky figure slowly emerged from the boat shed with a flashlight in hand. Although my brother really couldn't see any distinct features about the person, he could tell that it was an older man and that it was no one that we knew. It was especially not anyone that should be in our shed at 3 a.m. At this point, my brother raised the revolver up to the point at the man and again shouted, Who the hell are you? The man was still silent and began slowly walking towards him. My brother pulled back the hammer of the revolver and gave one last verbal warning to the man and said, I swear I will blow your head off. Now who are you and why are you here? The man quickly raised his hands up and said, Whoa, calm down, man, in a taunting voice as he continued walking towards my brother. My brother fired a single shot just above the man's head, to which he finally took that as his cue that my brother meant business. The man hurriedly took off on foot back down the driveway and my brother screamed, Next time I won't miss. My brother then quickly ran inside to wake up my grandmother, who had somehow slept through the entire commotion. She didn't seem worried enough to call the police, but of course after hearing this, all I could think was what, what were the true intentions of that man? Was he just some meth head snooping around looking to steal some tools for drug money, or were his intentions much more sinister? Another question that haunts me about this whole situation is how many times has this happened after my grandmother and brother went to bed and we just didn't know? And was he watching us from the shadows all night? Was he watching me as I walked out to my car? What would have happened if my brother had turned out the lights and locked the door before I could get to my car? It seems the world has been changing at an ever rapid pace and it doesn't seem like it's stopping anytime soon. We've shifted how we work and learn, but sometimes it feels like the world is changing faster than we can keep up with. Recently, I've been taking on more projects at work, and it's caused some stress. I've noticed that other people are also stressing a lot in this time as well, and we could all use somebody to talk to from time to time. Talkspace Online Therapy can help you manage stress, process significant life changes, and more, so you can feel less overwhelmed and more in control. The people around us make a huge impact on our lives, 
and life's pressures can cause those relationships to change for better or for worse. Honestly, just like everybody else, I've had my own struggles and my own issues with my relationships over the past couple of years due to stress. Whether you're dealing with complicated feelings about a relationship or just need a neutral person to talk to, Talkspace Online Therapy connects you to a licensed professional to help you work through it. Tis the season to be jolly, but sometimes it doesn't feel that way, and that's okay. Ease some of the burdens the holidays can bring with Talkspace. Personally, Talkspace has helped me get through some of my daily struggles. Honestly, I can get overwhelmed with stress sometimes, and, I, and I'm not always the best at expressing that. Talkspace can help you with that. So, what are you waiting for? If you need a little support to help you through the end of the year, or want to start building towards a better upcoming year, Talkspace is here to help. Match with a licensed therapist when you go to Talkspace.com and get $100 off your first month with the promo code SWAMPED. That's $100 off when you use code SWAMPED at Talkspace.com. I used to work on a farm next to my house when I was younger. The farmer was a man I had known most of my life, so he allowed me access to his property whenever I wanted. Me and a few friends of mine decided to pack our stuff and go camping on that property for the night. We knew better to be out there and to go very far without any sort of protection, given the creatures that would come out on the farm at night. But we were dumb kids, one older but still young enough to make unwise choices. So my four friends and I decided there are so many of us, we would be alright just to go on ahead without bringing protection. So off we went with our camping gear, and a dog named Junior, in tow. It's also important to note that Junior was massive and trained to be a guard dog, so having him with us made me feel a bit more at ease. We built our camp about a mile away from the house as the dusk is settling in. It was a very welcomed, chilly evening giving the scorching heat of the day. So, the oldest in our group, Don, went ahead and built us a fire to begin making our evening meal before being rambunctious kids for the rest of the evening. Finally, it was time for bed. The fire was low, but our leader decided it was best to keep the fire going while all the coyote cries were ringing out around us. I didn't personally see them as much of a threat given they would probably have plenty of food this time of year, but whatever, better safe than sorry. We all shared a large tent, and I remember falling asleep peacefully to the sounds of the little yips and howls. Some time had passed after we had fallen asleep when something woke me up. I didn't really register any sounds at first, so I assumed it was my mind playing tricks on me. Then I heard something large running through the leaves around the tent. I bolted up at the same time Don did, and we both stared at each other. The running continued, and something brushed against the tent. We quickly woke the others, and that's when it started screaming. It sounded like a woman screaming in pain, but it was just so much louder than any person could possibly be. Since I was panicking, I didn't recognize where I had heard this noise before. When it hit the tent again, the dog was with us and started going insane and tried tearing out the door of the tent to get to whatever this thing was. Don tried to grab him, but by the time he got to Junior, he was already darting out of the tent. Don chased after him for a good while. When we got out of the tent, we saw not one but two mountain lions outside of our tent. Maybe it was because of the sheer number of people and the massive dog that was with us, 
but they ran back into the forest, and Don somehow managed to grab the dog. We built up the fire again. One of us stays awake to always be on watch throughout the night, though, and I can remember a couple of times after that being woken up by them screaming from the other side of the pond. At the time, to me, it felt like they wanted us to know they were there. We heard that bone-chilling screaming all through the night. I don't know if this is normal behavior or not, considering there should have been plenty of food in the area for them, but it's a night I will never forget. I had never been happier to see daybreak. We immediately packed up our gear and headed out. The next time we went, we made sure we didn't go unprepared. Each year, me and one of my closest friends, Dane, go down to visit my grandparents at their cabin in a nice, small, peaceful town in the North Georgia Mountains. Me, my friend, and his grandpa are all outdoors kind of people, so we are always looking for something fun for all of us to do around the area. One night, we decided to go on a night hike on a trail not too far from the cabin. Now, this isn't the kind of trail you're probably thinking of, it really is more of a gravel dirt road, but a lot of hunters, campers, motorbikers, and backpackers use it as well. We headed out to the trail, and right as we pulled up to the trail we were going to hike on, we noticed an older, beat-up, suspicious-looking black Chevy SUV with two middle-aged men in it parked next to the entrance of the trail. Now, even though this is a rather safe area, drug deals and other kinds of sketchy activity can occur deep in these woods. So we avoided going on the trail and decided to head down to another trail about a half a mile down the road. We pulled about 50 or so feet into the trail, just outside of view from the road, parked the truck and got out and started our hike. Our hike was off to a great start until we got about a mile in. We started to hear a dog barking from probably 300 feet away. We decided to keep going but the dog just would not stop barking and we didn't know if the dog was on a leash or what. The last thing we wanted was to be attacked by some random dog, so eventually we did decide to turn around and head back. When we were about, I would say, a thousand or so feet away from the truck, we could see a car sitting behind my friend's grandfather's truck, running its headlights on. This instantly had us a bit worried because who just rolls up behind a random truck at 10pm at night on an isolated trail, and keep in mind you would have to have driven into the trail to see we had parked the truck. It was not visible from the road. We stood there for about five minutes trying to see if we could see anybody, but since it was so dark and far away, it was hard to see anything at all. Fortunately for us, there was a large tree next to the trail, and we were able to stay behind it, so there was no way they could see us from where they were parked. My friend's grandpa took these night vision binoculars we had with us to try and get a better look but this was still not much help. We decided we would just stand there and wait for them to turn around and leave because there was no chance we were going to walk back with this random car with potential bad people in it sitting behind our truck. After about 10 minutes of just standing there, to my absolute horror, the car drove around the truck and started to head down the trail in our direction. Instantly, as fast as we could, we climbed up this hill right next to us and hid behind a log that was sitting on the top. A few seconds later, that same beat-up black Chevy SUV we saw outside the other trail we were originally supposed to hike on comes driving down where we were just standing, not even 15 seconds ago. The car had its windows rolled down and started to slow down as it drove past us. Me, 
my friend, and Grandpa were terrified. Our hearts were pounding out of our chest, and we were scared these guys would stop and sit there, or even worse, get out and start looking for us. Fortunately for us, though, the car just kept driving and never stopped. As soon as the car was out of sight, we got out of our hiding spot, booked it back to the truck, and got the heck out of there. I know this may not be as scary as some of the others, but it was frightening. We don't know who or what those guys wanted. My guess is they had a stash on that trail deeper in the woods and thought we stumbled upon it or something, and were out to confront us or even worse. A lot of things could have gone wrong. We could have walked up to the truck just as they pulled in, and what if they... what if they had bad intentions? What if they slashed the tires of the truck? Or what if they turned their headlights off and sat there and waited for us to come back and ambush us? My friend and his grandpa went back in the daytime a few days later to that exact spot where we were hiding and looked around. They also took a few pictures of that area as well. The first picture is where we were standing looking at the truck and the car behind it. Off in the distance you can see our truck parked. That's exactly where we had it parked at that same night. Just off to the left is the hill we rushed up to hide from the car. In the second picture, you can see where our hiding spot was after my friend and his grandpa went back. They said we were very lucky to have made it up there successfully, as it seemed impossible to do as fast as we did, especially with all the shrubs and thorns in the way. If we got up there, even two seconds later, we would have been seen. I can only imagine what could have happened if we didn't make it up that hill, and those guys saw us. So one thing before I tell my story, I put Wendigo in quotes because I live in Central California, in an area historically known for the Miwok people, which from what little I know about Wendigos is quite a ways from where they're normally seen. So if someone knows a similar Miwok folklore, I'd love to hear it. Anyways, here's my story. Two years ago, I and a group of three other friends decided to go to Humboldt County for a weekend. We wanted to go see Fern Canyon tour the HSU campus, and have a fun four-day weekend camping on the beach. On Sunday, it's time to come home. It was about a 12-hour drive to where I was dropping my friends off, which I drove the entire duration of. By the time I drop them off and start the last hour-long drive back to my house, it's a little after 9pm and completely dark out. Now, the two routes that someone can take between where my friends live and where I live Cross two different bridges over a lake. I decided to take the main highway. It is a little bit longer than the other route, but has fewer turns to navigate. The difference between the two routes was only about two miles or so. As I'm about halfway to the point of the bridge, I noticed in my headlights there's something on the shoulder. I slow down a bit to make sure I'm able to move over if needed, and as I get closer, I'm able to make out what it is. Standing on the side of the road was a seven maybe even eight foot tall bipedal humanoid creature. It looked emaciated, with ghost white skin that was stretched over, tight across its bones. Now, I obviously wasn't going to stop and get any closer to take a look at it, but when I looked in the rear view mirror to see if I could make out any further details, there was nothing there. It was as if it had completely vanished. The rest of my drive home was uneventful, and when I woke up the next morning, I brushed it off as maybe just exhaustion from that long weekend and the 12 hours of driving. Whatever this thing was though, it's still in my mind. I thought it was just a hallucination like I said, 
that is until Tuesday, when I was talking with one of my friends who had gone on the trip. She told me that one of her other friends had been driving on that same bridge on Monday night and had allegedly seen something very similar to what I had seen. That was when I told her about my encounter, and she suggested that it might have been a Wendigo. Before then, I maybe heard that name once or twice, but hadn't really paid much attention. I wasn't really into cryptids and ghost stories, but now I can't get enough and I need to know what they are. Thanks for listening to these creepy and allegedly true middle of nowhere horror stories. As always, if you enjoyed these stories, please be sure to hit that like button as it helps me out a ton. The more likes this episode gets, the more YouTube promotes it in the algorithm, and that's incredibly helpful to the swamp. If you're new to the swamp, why not join us? Hit that subscribe button and turn on notifications to never miss a new episode, as I upload them nearly every single day on all things natural and supernatural. If you're listening to this on Apple Podcast or another podcast platform, it would be very helpful if you could give this a 5-star rating. If you're on the go, but don't have YouTube Premium, but still want to listen to your favorite scary stories from the swamp no matter where you are, you can download them absolutely free from Apple Podcast, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, and pretty much anywhere else you find your favorite podcast online. If you have a story that you would like to share in a future episode, be sure to submit it at swampdweller.net or the email you can find in the description down below. I'd love to see what stories you have to share with the swamp. I'm always looking for new ones to put in episodes. If you would like to support the swamp outside of hitting that like button, subscribing, and perhaps giving us a 5-star rating on iTunes, maybe check out the merch store. I've got new shirt designs, hoodies, face masks, and more. I'd love to see you guys wearing some cool swamp threads. Thank you guys so much for supporting the swamp the way you do. I couldn't do this without you guys. I'd love to know in the comments down below what story was your favorite tonight. Be sure to join me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And I'll see you all soon with another creepy video.